look at the situation report for June 29th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. My apologies for not doing a sit rep for the last couple of days. It's just been a busy week and uh, been trying to schedule a number of interviews. Tomorrow I'll be interviewing Alex Craner, and uh, that should go about an hour. Still trying to schedule the Colonel Roundtable. That's been that's been quite the process to get that at least on the books. One of us always has a scheduling conflict, so we're going to try and get that in next week. It'll probably be after the holiday. We'll see how the see how the next couple of days go. It's been an interesting week, that's for sure. the The whole Russia situation is now. There's more and more detail coming out about it, and McGregor. I listened to Doug McGregor today. He's he's been on a couple of shows saying the same thing. What's interesting is that he's talking about the the. Prigozhin was not headed to Moscow to take over Moscow. According to McGregor, he's headed to Moscow to get Putin's attention that his military leadership was not was not what it should be, and they weren't supporting the troops in the field like they should. And look, if you understand anything about um, Russia in general, there's always a bit of corruption that goes along in just about every layer that's in the in the uh, the military uh, ministry of defense, but this goes beyond that. And Prigozhin was on record as saying many times that he felt like he got screwed in Bakhmut. But here's what's interesting: is that they've split up Wagner and they've moved Wagner to both uh, Belarus, and now the the Wagner elements that were in in Russia are going to be used in the military. I'm not sure what capacity they're going to be used in the military. But they're gonna they're moving them over to the military um as we speak, which will be interesting. But is is an organization, they're supposedly gonna split up the organization. We'll see what that turns out to be. But McGregor's thought process on that is that they're going to show up in another concatenation and they're still going to be fighting on the front lines. But his premise is that the the hardliners that are in in the Russian government, in the Russian military. They want to. They want to march on Kiev. They don't want to wait. And like I said, Putin can't wait this out. He can't wait for another ninety thousand troops to be recruited, trained, and sent to the front. It just means more Russian debt. And if he's smart, which is what I think he is, he's going to, he's going to make a decisive move and start moving towards Kiev and drive this to closure. Now, the building that blew up. I got lots of questions about the building that blew up that was blown up by the Russians. There was some 75th Rangers in there, but I don't know if those guys were active duty or if they were, if they were mercenaries fighting for Ukraine, I have no idea. They could be contractors. They could be global security. You don't know who they are. And, uh, you know, a 20 second soundbite is not going to, it's not going to show who it is and who's paying them. So I have no idea who it is, who is, Who's funding that? Who's who's on the payroll? Who's not on the payroll? What I do know is there was Americans on the ground when that went off, and there was a significant number of dead, both Ukrainian and uh, foreign fighters. And my understanding is is that this was a this was a temporary barracks to move people into the Bakhmut area um, to continue fighting. So it could have just been a staging point or an assembly area at a barracks that they were using to move forces forward.
And of course, Russia's got ISR, intelligence surveillance reconnaissance assets all over the area. So they would see that first off. And they would, if it was me, I'd put artillery on it. You don't know who it is. An ISR asset's not going to tell you who's in the building. It's just going to tell you there's troops in the building. And to be honest, he doesn't care. They're in country. They're in, they're in the forward positions. They're an enemy combatant. That's, that's, that's the way it goes. But the bigger picture is that you're seeing more and more indications that we have troops on the ground in Ukraine. I, I can't confirm any of that, but it tells me that they're backstopping the Ukrainians with NATO troops. And they're looking for a reason to expand the war. Lindsey Graham and <clears throat> Blumenthal came out last week and they want to change Article 5 of the NATO charter so that if they need attack on a power nuclear power plant and they can bring NATO into the war. Does that sound like they're setting up for a false flag? Why would they be specific about a nuclear power plant? Russia, that the plant for the most part has been mothballed because nobody wanted it either side. Didn't want to blow it up. And they didn't want another Chernobyl. That should that should literally tell you that they're setting up a false flag. And if I was a betting man, I would say there's something at that nuclear power plant, some kind of a lab or a site that they want to destroy because they're seriously concerned that it's going to fall into enemy hands. I could be way out base, which is fine. But there's too many there's too many things that point to the fact that there's something there that they don't want to get out, that they want to create a situation to blow it up so they can blame blame Russia and accomplish two things at once. That's how these guys work. They always tell you what they're going to do before they do it. And they are they are definitively going to do something. My guess is I still believe that on the fourth of July, because of the symbology of our national it's our national birthday that they're going to do something and conduct some kind of an attack. Supposedly there's troops rolling in two cities in Los, in uh, California. We'll see if that's true, but I'm, I'm expecting something in the next 30 days, some kind of an attack, some kind of a staged false flag event, whatever the case may be, everybody needs to relax and realize that their plan is failing. Their plans are falling apart literally faster than they can gin them up. And here's the interesting thing. The only people right now who don't realize that the system is crumbling at their feet are the people that are running the system. It's very easy to see that their, their grasp on not just the world, but their influence across the planet, their influence here, is waning, especially their influence here in the U.S. This trans movement, and I'd still like to know who the belly button is behind this. I want to know who, which oligarch is pushing this nonsense because that will tell you a lot about what the agenda really is. But this trans movement has galvanized the American people against all things trans, all things lesbian, gay, whatever they're calling themselves today. The moment they added pedophiles, 70% of the country went, nope, we're not going to play. And now anytime they push this 
and they they push this crap towards kids, guess what happens? Whatever organization, whatever institution, whatever company gets crushed. Target, Bud Light, Starbucks, they're getting crushed. And at the end of the day, the liberal havens like Seattle, San Francisco, New York City, those are going to be albatrosses when this is all over. Because here's the bottom line. And McGregor and I um, have, he said the same things I've said. I swear he's listening to my show, by the way, because he said, we're not going to get to 24. I, I've been saying that since last year. We're not getting to 24. This is going to be resolved this year, or at least this will be underway to being resolved. And whatever they do, it's half the population is not going to buy into their bullshit. So you're going to see two systems develop out of whatever catastrophic event they try and architect. First of all, they're going to try and implement QR codes and social scoring. And most people at awake are going to say, go fuck yourself. And it's funny because Joe Rogan and Ice Cube were talking about it on Joe Rogan's show, and they said the exact same thing. Once you sign up for the system, one part of the system, you sign up for all of it. And they're going to try and coerce the banks into it. And, and I say that because the rhetoric from the bankers and from BlackRock has changed in the last two weeks. First of all, J.P. Morgan settled, settled the Epstein case. And the charges that were they were going after Jamie Dimon, and they settled the case, and now you don't hear any of it in the news. I'll tell you why. It's because Fink and Dimon made a deal. And the deal is no ESG. You could do your social scoring system, but no ESG, and we all get a seat at the table. At least that's the way I see it. Now, they backed off on the Fed, and they said the, the Fed's holding off on raising rates again. Which tells me what? At some point, if they don't raise rates, the the situation is going to implode. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the situation is going to, is so dire that they're going to they're going to crash the system when they realize the system is going to crash. And China is in the exact same boat. Both of our economies are highly fragile right now. And this is the arrogance of the elite. The arrogance of the elite believe that they can control this chaos. And if there's one thing that Iraq told me and, and showed me graphically, once chaos ensues, once you lose control of a city, you don't get it back. And we did we did no rolls and everything else. But here's what happened. When they ran out of fuel in northern Iraq, and I can't speak for the whole country, I can only speak for northern Iraq, everything went tribal. And literally they created a barter system and those with gas, those that didn't have gas were bartering for gas so they could heat their homes, they could cook, they could move their cars around. They were bartering. Money didn't mean anything. It meant, in fact, it meant nothing. The paper currency meant nothing. It was all about what you could trade. If you had something somebody, somebody needed, you could get gas. And the violence between between tribes all evaporated almost overnight because everybody had to make a marriage of convenience to survive. And then once fuel started rolling, everything went back to normal. 
But this this time's going to be different. It's going to be different because the the spigots aren't going to be able to. They're not going to be able to turn the spigot back on, and they're not going to be able to generate fuel fast enough to supply the entire country. And I would say North America. And they're not going to be able to import enough fast enough because our currency isn't going to be worth anything. And then at the same time, you're going to see all these people that are believers, hardcore believers, are going to wake up and realize not only have we been lied to, but we've been duped bigger than bigger than life. And you're going to see hardcore believers convert over and say, we're not doing any more of this. At the same time, all that's going on. You're going to see people uncomfortable. And I've always, and I've said for the last three years, people aren't going to do anything until they're really fucking uncomfortable. People are about to get really fucking uncomfortable. And when they are, they're not going to care about your gender. They're not going to care about your pronouns. They're not going to give two shits about your pride flag. They're going to put a bullet in your head and take what you have because they're all going to be starving. And if you're awake and you have a, you have you've built your line of sight and you built your sphere of influence, you're going to have a community of people to barter with and defend your community with. And everybody else is going to be left out in the cold. And what do you think is going to happen when the government tries to come in and exert control? They're going to be met with a hail of gunfire. This is going to be different than the, the Great Depression. Because the system that we've operated under for all these years is collapsing. And they don't have a vision of the future other than feudalism and complete control. And it's not going to work out because people will, trust me when I say this, people will walk away from technology wholesale and go back to two cans and a string before they'll sign up for this control system and give up everything they've worked their lives for. You cannot change a person's value system through propaganda. You can change the things that they believe in politically, but you can't change their value system. And that's what they've tried to do for the last 10 years is change your value system to get you embrace this communist environmental agenda. It's all bullshit. And everyone sees through it. Everyone sees through it now. And those that don't fuck them. I don't have any sympathy for him anymore. I should have empathy, but I don't. If you're that blissfully unaware, you get you get what's coming to you. And it's going to be coming really fast. Because the cities are going to blow up into absolute war zones. Because who's going to run out of resources first? The folks in cities. And then you're going to see people that are abandoning ship. And all those people that thought they were in the suburbs that are that were isolated, they're going to get hit too. I, I'm in a suburb. Trust me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fighting my way through this. The thing you got to realize, though, is that we've already we've already started to turn the corner, and that the American public is starting to wake up wholesale now. And more importantly, people are fed up with the narratives. They're so fed up that every time they try and push the narrative, whatever organization signs up for it gets crushed. That's going to continue, and it's going to accelerate. And things will be at a lull until they just stop. 
That's why it's so important to have line of sight and sphere of influence. Build that now. You're not going to get another chance. You won't be able to do it on the fly. The point is, we're approaching the culmination, the culmination point. We've we've passed the precipice. Now we're approaching <laughs> approaching the culmination point. Somebody sent me Scott Ketcherson's his uh, podcast about uh, FedNow, and FedNow is the back end payment processing system to replace SWIFT and LIGOR, I think is what it is, is the new name for it. But even if they're supposed to roll that out this weekend, we'll see, we'll see if that actually happens. I've, I've been told by several people it's been pushed back because the development team has quit and half the, at least half the team's quit and they weren't far enough along to be able to finish it up. But we'll see if that's true or not. Either way, they're going to try and lure you into the system by telling you that things are almost instantaneous. And I'm, I've been told by several people that cash is going to be king until a new system of currency is developed and a new barter system is developed. I wholeheartedly believe that. And I'm not afraid of what's coming because right now we see humanity at its worst. But when all this stuff kicks off, we're going to see humanity at its worst and at its best. And the part that I'm that I'm hopeful for, and the part that I have faith in the American people in, is the fact the American people will rally together to protect our way of life. We've done it over and over throughout history. I don't see that changing. I don't see us resting on our laurels. I see us, I see us fighting our way through this to preserve our way of life for our children. And the system that they've created is dying. People are starting to realize that they don't need to play in that system anymore. Some people are way ahead. Some people are slower. But they don't need to play in that system. Because that system is not going to be sustainable. And the the thing that you're going to find, especially when you, when you start talking about the way the government's operated for the last 70 years, is that there's no mechanism to reconstitute any of these agencies once they fall apart. There's not there's no loyalty in the government. There's no there's no loyalty to the organization. Those days are long over. That sense of purpose and sense of duty that was instilled in our in our parents and our in our grandfathers after World War II, that though that has all changed now. The entire population, especially on the left, the, the left's the, the left, this is the interesting thing about liberals. The rules apply to thee, but not to me. And they have no loyalty to anyone. They have no loyalty to anything. They go along with the movement as long as it meets their belief system, as long as it meets their value system. And when it doesn't, they stop playing along. And that's what's going to happen when all these institutions fall apart. People are going to start doing their own thing and they're going to walk away from the institution. That belief system that they're counting on, you know, the hardcore believers, there's going to be a few hardcore believers, but it's not going to be in the numbers they need to take the country. There is, there is, there is a large amount of animus in this country 
that was built over the last two years. And now it's a, it's, it's a seething, psychotic fucking hatred of all things liberal. And all, all of those belief systems are going to collide probably this, probably next month. And when they do, and the dust settles, we're not going to have this, this, this two-way conversation where we're talking to a wall and the left is talking to everybody else. We're going to do something about the press. We're going to fix communications in this country so the town square is really a town square. And people need to stop worrying about what it's going to look like on the other side. Visualize how you want it to see, how you want it to, to be, and keep visualizing that. And then we make that system. And we make a system that's that's free and fair, and we throw all these foreign interests out. We throw all these NGOs out. We outlaw NGOs in total in this country. And then we take back our country from all these pharmaceutical morons and the American Medical Association. All you have to do is watch. I watched the town hall with RFK. You should watch that town hall. First of all, the moderator, whoever she is, deserves a bullet in her fucking head. But they stack the audience with a bunch of shills that ask them questions. Like one of the questions is, what do we need to do to convince you the vaccines are safe? And his answer was priceless. Test them. There's no test data that shows the long-term effects of any of the vaccines. When I was a kid, I got three vaccines. Now kids are getting 50 to 60 vaccines. What does a two-year-old need hep C, a hep B or hep C for? And he asked, he asked questions that stopped them dead in their tracks. And they still went down the rabbit hole. And it's because they're all paid actors to make him to discredit him. That's how corrupt our system is. The oligarchs that control the system are all corrupt to the point where their belief systems are so fucked up. They can't hear any reason whatsoever. That's why the system's going to collapse and it's going to collapse hard. And when it does, it's going to be open fucking season on all of these dipshits that have pushed all these mandates and everything else. And there's not going to be a bag limit. I watched it happen in Iraq. I'm going to watch it happen here. I know how this goes. It's 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 ugly, and it doesn't get any prettier. It stays ugly until it's done. But when it's done, it's done. And then we reset the country. We reset the, the Constitution back to the 1871 Constitution, and we do away with all of this malfeasance. And we put a system of punishment in our country where it deters people. We don't make these these subcultures. Prisons have become purebred. They're, they're breeding grounds for purebred criminals. And they're literally subcultures. And once you're in the system, you're always in the system. There's no amount... There's no amount of control measures that it's going to make that that's going to make this go their way. That's the bottom line. And the system that they've been they've been using to leverage everybody on the planet is crumbling right in front of them and they they don't even know what to do. They have no vision of the future, they have no vision of how to get out of this. They're not listening to reason. It's like you're dealing with a bunch of drunks that are always they're drunk 24/7. They're the only ones that buy their story. 
so the the next couple of weeks, you're going to see the craziness increase in intensity and in pace. They're desperate to do something and shift the narrative on the ground in Ukraine. And my guess is because the Ukrainian army is crumbling faster than they can replace the people on the front line. And I'm pretty sure the Russians are going to start moving. When they do, it's going to be it's going to be a different different ball game. But three things that you should keep in mind moving forward after today. Always have your bug out bag with you. Always have in your car. Probably want to have a firearm with you. And you definitely want to have a change of clothes and shoes or boots that you can walk in for long distances. There's no telling which way this is going to go. And I say that because there's more and more talk about nuclear conflict. Now, if a nuclear war breaks out, we're fucked anyway. But I'm talking about I'm talking about other events, cyber events. It takes down the power grid, water, sewer. And if you're in a new car, like I'm in a new car, turn off the wireless because a cyber attack, they can take out cars too. They can stop your mobility, literally turn your car off remotely. And if you have anything after 2018 where you have you have the dealer or the vendor Wi-Fi in your car and it's turned on, or even, I can't think of the emergency response, OnStar, they can shut your car off remotely. And you turn all of that stuff off and pull the breakers out. Because if you don't, guess what? Your car is just going to stop working. And you won't be able to get it started. They have a kill command that they can send to the car, and it kills all the computer in the car. So you don't move at all. That was the first thing I did when I got my shit home. Was I, I pulled the uh, the breaker for the OnStar stuff, or the, at least the emergency stuff, and then I turned off all of the, all the wireless stuff. You don't need it anyway. The point is, now's the time to start being prepared 80 percent prepared 100 percent of the time carry your bug out bag carry a firearm be ready to walk if you need to carry a strip map if you have to have contingency plans know how you're going to get home from work if you have to walk know how far that is if you're on an airplane have a plan to get back on the ground doesn't matter how far away it is just remember it's going to take you you know, 30 miles a day is max you can do, more like 20. If you're a thousand miles away, it's going to take you a few months to get back to where you were, where your house is at, if you make it back. So have plans. And I'm not saying it's going to get that bad, but I'm trying to get, I'm trying to pass the message of prepare for the worst because we don't know what's coming, but something is coming. I don't know when, but it is imminent. Keep that in mind. Plan for that. Exercise that. And whatever you do, don't be scared. You have nothing to be scared of. So many messages this week from people that are just besides themselves. What do I do? What do I do? You keep moving. 
That's what you do. <sighs> it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. And the point is, the only way we get through this is if we do it together. It means we got to come together. You got to put your differences aside. You got to fight for the common good. And you really got to, you got really got to put your pet issues, put them in a trash can for now. Cause they, they're not going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter when all this kicks off is going to be survival. And then we're, you know, first we're going to have to mount a defense and then we're going to have to figure out how to take our country back all at the same time. And there's a lot of people that are farther ahead. Some are not as far. Don't get wrapped up in that. The thing to get wrapped up in is, <clears throat> do I have people around me I trust? Do I have people around me that I can work with? Do I have people around me that have skills? That's that's all you care about. You don't care about anything else. Because once everything stops working, assuming it gets that bad, then you're going to be more worried about the things that work and making things work than you are about anything else. So don't get wrapped up in the minutia. Don't get wrapped up in the what's in front of you, the bright, shiny object. That's what that's how they have literally manipulated us for ever. Look, bright, shiny object. Everybody, everybody moves to it. Don't get wrapped up in that. Focus on the things that matter. Your family, your friends, sphere of influence, line of sight. Today, I'm going to end with uh, something different. I'm going to end up a little, I'm going to end this with some uh, sticks because that was a a 70s, 80s band, mainly 70s. This is a song that they don't play. In fact, I haven't heard it forever. It's called Lorelei. And, uh, you know, they got Renegade. They got a bunch of other songs that I think are good, but I'm going to end it with something that's unusual tonight. That's uh, that's Lorelei from Sticks. So, here is Sticks, Lorelei, God bless, one team, one fight.